Protect yourself from identity theft and take complete control of your debit card with Secure Lock Equip from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Visit FABNT.com for details. Member FDIC. Catfish Studios, it's time for Arkansas's number one caller-driven sports show. It's Drive Time Time Sports on the Buzz Radio Network with your hosts, Randy Rainwater and Rick Schaefer. Lock it in and get ready to dial us up. Drive Time Sports is on the air. Hour number two at Drive Time Sports. Rick Schaefer standing by Northwest Arkansas. Marcus Elliott, I'm Randy Rainwater for Central Arc. Now to Trey Betty, brought to you by Asher Record Service, 501-562-2293. Family owned and operated since 1980. Asher Record, dependable towing and vehicle recovery service. Ask for Asher. Good afternoon, Trey. Hey, guys. Hey, Trey. I hey, Marcus. Was, uh, going... I was going through my archives today, and one of the stories that I had printed off uh, from hogsports.com was you did a detailed breakdown. I'm not sure if you wrote it or not, the story or not. But it was about the early enrollees for the football Mm. program at the University of Arkansas. I was thinking, well, what a way to start their academic and their their, uh, collegiate careers. They're not even... Not even sure that they'll even have one practice, much less mm-hmm. uh, having full access to the playbook. I mean, these mm-hmm. guys are really at a disadvantage. You're talking about the story like that I did on Julius Coates and and uh, Kellen no, Burl. I, no, uh, yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. I'm this so is back. Uh, uh, January 9th is when you wrote the story. January 9th. Okay. Uh, well, I'd have to go back and find that one, but yeah, it is uh, it is a, a disappointing start for them. I mean, there there is the benefits of the fact that they were able to enroll early and go through eight weeks of the winter training cycle where they're lifting weights and you know getting acclimated to things and how how things are run and they're able to do more things with them again than they have been in the past. This you know the last few years they've been able to. Uh, interact with the players in the off season, whereas before it was, you know, just get information from the strength coach. So there is benefit to it. Obviously, not the same benefit as being able to go through an entire spring, but there is some benefit. And and obviously, you want to focus on these guys getting bigger and stronger, and and hopefully they can contribute early. A guy like Julius Coates, though, you would expect him to come in and contribute very early. And then Felipe Franks is going to be your odds-on favorite to win the starting job, but. Uh, it is disappointing. I think especially more for new coaches uh, than anything because they uh, they have whole new systems to install. Uh, when you're talking about the recruiting cycle that's continuing, as I listened to Dave the other day, it's like it makes – I mean, there's, there's still sending out offers. Arkansas is still sending mm-hmm. out offers left and right. Yeah, they haven't slowed down at all. There's like four wide receivers, I think, uh, that Danny had written stories about. Kelby Collins out of Gardendale, Alabama. 
Uh, well, I can just go over. There was a few of them, a few more of them today. Uh, but Savion Ellis, who's f- committed to Florida in the class of 2022, uh, so there, there's already kids in 2022 that are committing. Julian Lewis, uh, out of, also out of Florida in the class of 2022, 6'2", 185-pounder, uh, who's, who's got a couple other offers, Arkansas and Kentucky, probably his best offers. Greg Gaines out of 2022, another wide receiver. Justin Stepp stays way ahead on, on offering wide receivers. Dylan Fairchild, uh, an offensive tackle out of coming Georgia, which you would expect Arkansas to pursue offensive linemen in the state of Georgia, obviously, with Sam Pittman's connections there. Uh, Kelly Co- Kelby Collins is another one out of uh, Gardendale, Alabama, who, uh, who already has an Auburn offer, but he's class of 2023 6'4", 230-pounder. So they're – they're, and I, I'll say what I like. I'm not, like, the biggest fan in the world of, you know, how things are set up where you offer, you know, kids that are, you know, none of these kids are eighth grade or anything. But, you know, that's the way some of the stuff is, is set up, and you just kind of have to play by that game. I think that's one thing that really caught Brett Bielema is he wanted to make sure that every offer that he made was a, you know, committable offer. And – this day and age, you have to offer players verbal scholarships before you've had a chance to actually do a thorough inv- evaluation on them because they will cut you if you don't. So it, I think it's a good sign that Arkansas is getting out in front of it. You have to do it that way. I don't think it's ideal, but that's the way you have to do it. Trey, is the process similar to what it was in times past where it is the coordinator or the position coach who does the initial analysis and they get together as a group and they go over the player's tape and and then it's Sam Pittman that says, okay, go ahead and offer yes or no. Yeah, I think that's pretty much a pretty much a uh, standard practice these days. I mean, you have – I don't know how they're doing it now, but you have recruiting meetings, you know, a lot – I mean, a lot more than you used to just to focus on recruiting. So – there's a, there's always a chain of command that it that it goes up the ladder, and uh, I, I would assume that it's no different. I could I, w- I would like to get details on exactly what that process is, but we don't have a lot of media availability. Hopefully, we'll get something soon, maybe with Sam Pittman, whether it's teleconference or something like that. You know, I've uh, I've requested you know an opportunity to to possibly get uh, Jamil Walker, you know, but that's just not just not happening right now. But we are. We do, as I understand, we are going to get an opportunity to talk with Sam Pittman fairly soon. Hmm. I guess in trying to compare in times past, does it seem like this staff is offering more compared to Chad Morse, the same or a little bit less? Can you can you tell at what pace uh, this yeah. compares to in times past? I, it feels like it's about the same pace, Randy. I mean, it's obviously the circumstances have changed a little bit, but it feels like they are getting out in front of it and, and making, you know, early offers, which is very important. And, you know, again, going back to Brett Bielema, there was, you know, ideas that – and John Chavis had this too. I know there was one recruit he wanted to get on campus and offer him so it would be special. And let me tell you something, this is what's special to a recruit these days. It's not – going on a visit and getting an offer in person it's being the sc ski school that offered you first or the first power five offer and if you're waiting for kids to get on campus to do that then that doesn't happen so there to me that's kind of a an older way of thinking but uh brett was definitely behind in recruiting i've mentioned several times it was year after year that arkansas would offer fewer prospects than 
you know, every SEC school except for LSU and Texas A&M who have tremendously large backyards. And Arkansas having the smallest backyard should be offering more players. And so that's why we were always running in. You know, they would start off strong. Their first half of the class would usually start off really strong. And then we'd get to signing day and they would have five spots left or let's say they had three spots left and they would have, you know, like five candidates to fill those spots. And I don't know that Brett ever filled up a class. They just didn't offer enough players. And in this day and age, you got to do that. And sometimes it looks bad. I mean, I've seen players who maybe – I mean, the thinking has got to be this – and I'm not saying this is what Sam Pittman and, and their staff is, is thinking or anything, or they have communicated any of that to me. I'm just saying what things now, nowadays are. But, you know, the thinking has got to be that you offer a player to stay in the game and – they're not going to commit to you before they've at least visited, and then you have a chance to maybe do a little further evaluation then. Well, you go back to uh, you read off some names a few moments ago of those wide receivers. You're talking uh, 2022, and, mm -hmm. I mean, that's a sophomore right now. Yeah, I think a good strategy is if you want one wide receiver, then you offer 10. If you want two, oh, you offer really? 20. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I never thought of the numbers that way. That mm -hmm. uh, you know, from a salesman's perspective, that wouldn't be a very good closing rate. Uh, <laughs> no. you, wouldn't survive, you wouldn't survive very long like that. Yeah, um, feeding your family. If you uh, had to put ten out to get one, that's mm -hmm. uh, that's not good odds, right there. Um, I uh, Dave Van Horn made a comment the other day that he thought they were pretty much done for the twenty. 21 class which that's the juniors right now mm -hmm. and i'm thinking wow i mean that's uh, i don't know what numbers he's shooting for in that particular class most most recruiting now is done uh position by position they're trying to fill needs and what's crazy today trey i don't know if you listened to the early part of the program but there's a possibility there's not going to be a mlb draft this yeah. year yeah we had an article about it yeah. Yeah. What does that do to Heston Kerstead, uh, Casey Martin, Casey Opitz? I have no idea. <laughs> but uh, that definitely, when I saw that headline, that definitely struck me. And I, you know, obviously you start thinking about those guys. But I mean, there's so much that this is going to impact when all everything shakes out. I mean, it'd be nice if we could fast forward about two weeks and and see where things are, but. Yeah, that's. Uh, I, I have no idea how that might impact, or if they're, if they're, what the, I don't know what they would do if they didn't draft players. I mean, it just kind of leaves people in limbo, right? But these players also have the option of returning. I mean, mm -hmm. everybody's most likely, if you're in a spring sport, you get the option, the opportunity to, to, to get that year back. And you know, if they, if they do give you of course the they're year juniors back, anyway. But but they would still be juniors if there's no yeah. draft. That would still it's a year later. It's a they're a year older, but it would still give them the uh, at least some leverage with mm -hmm. the Major League Baseball that if they didn't get what they wanted, they could come back for another year. So yeah. I, I gotta believe that that w would work out okay. Yeah, and that junior leverage is a big deal, right? Yes, it is. Yeah. Well, and and going back to the uncertainty of when professional sports is going to pick back up. I mean, it's the, it could be July. Well, mm -hmm. if uh, the draft was supposed to have been in June, it's supposed to be in June, then 
I mean, that leaves even that much more uncertainty uh, with these guys of what to mm-hmm. do. I mean, you already know the season's taken away from them. And uh, Dave Van Horn said if, if the SEC lifts uh, the fact that they can start practice again on the 16th, they're getting back after it. Well, that only helps keep the guys in shape for summer ball. Doesn't help them, uh, particularly if there's not going to be a draft like Kirstead and those guys. But, mm-hmm. you know, like you say, Trey, it'd be nice kind of fast forward a couple of weeks and kind of get a feel for where you are at that particular time. But that's the same thing with the, the college coaches that typically go out in the spring and do their in-person evaluations. Right now, mm-hmm. that's on hold. Yeah. I'm hoping you guys heard about this, uh, what is it, hydroxychloroquine or something? Hydroxychloroquine or something? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm just really hopeful something like that, you know, that's here right. in the next three months or so mm, is really right. effective in combating mm-hmm. this and uh, right. I guess relieving the – I guess what we're trying to do with these things would be like relieving the symptoms of it. And, well, it, man, if something like that came along and it really worked, then maybe we could all – Start getting along. You've also got a manufactured. It can work, but you've yeah. got oh, yeah. you to get it manufactured. Yeah. Yeah. And for the, I mean, it's so it's like a 50 year old malaria drug. So that yeah. the positive right. about that would be that it's, you know. Maybe you already have some of it. Yeah. Of course, we yeah. don't have, and you don't have, have to malaria do in the United States. So yeah. How much of it exists? That, that yeah. Drug. I would imagine they would get on that pretty quick if that, if the trials, you know, prove that that worked. And there are some other things also that they're talking about. So. Even if they don't have the vaccine, you know, which that's they say that's way off, but uh, maybe something, maybe one of these drugs can help. Yeah, any wow. any positive be great. Yep. Well, Jimmy, I'm I'm not necessarily running out of things to say to yeah. Trey, but I often hog his time. So if you've got any questions <laughs> or comments, uh, fire away. Well, I, I think baseball is a big factor. Other sports are big factors. And, um, you know, football doesn't acquire. But, uh, you know, the big question for football is when will you be able to practice? Mm -hmm. It's pretty obvious. It's becoming even more obvious, particularly with Governor Hutchinson's uh, saying today that no public schools will be open until April 20th, the 1st. We don't know what that means for the University of Arkansas as far as, say, football practice is concerned. But what if they can't practice the rest of the year? And, and I think that's becoming more and more likely. I think that's more and more probable, yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Trey, is a good solution? Do you give them 10 days without pads in, the, in, in May uh, to say – and do you do that for all schools, give them 10 days without pads where they can learn or go through drills? Uh, you know, starting preseason practice earlier just extends your season. Is there an equitable solution to this? Surely, hopefully there's something, whether it's – I just don't know. I mean, when you, you obviously you're going to have to worry about academics. You've got finals and all those kinds of things coming right. up. And right. so you can't just, like, start. So say there's a – you know, things open up in right around, you know, May. It wouldn't make sense to hold spring ball then. So I, I would hope they come up with something, whether it's, like, you can sprinkle in a practice here and there or – over the summer or or something like that i don't i just don't i don't know what the answer is right now for football but i do think that we'll probably see the uh (laughs) the occurrences of penalties and interceptions and possibly offensive yardage drop this season uh if they're you know if they're not able to get those extra practices in some kind of way but maybe just let them have the ball this summer that's been you know Mm. one of the things like you know coaches have been able to do things interact with them but you can't have the ball Maybe let them have the ball this time. 
That's a good point. And that might be a solution to where they can at least do some instruction during the summer, even, again, if you're without pads, and that, and I understand that. Yeah, I, I, I think it's, you know, Rick, I, I think what you said, I think to to think that anybody has any idea what a start date might be, and I, I'd be stunned if schools are back in uh, this year. Yeah, I think I think that's probably where we're headed to, Marcus. Yeah. I think probably no more school yeah, this year. No I mean, school. we've been doing we've been doing the alternative education stuff that, mm-hmm. that our teachers sent us, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, I'm not. But but I mean, who knows? I mean, it, it would it would take what you were talking about, Trey, something that could could stop. But what we're seeing now is an exponential spread in the number mm-hmm. of cases reported because they're. Just the number of cases that hadn't been tested, which means, guess what? Yeah. There are probably a whole lot more out there. So There's definitely more out yeah. there. I so, mean, it's getting to the point now, even with those that have been tested. I mean, I know somebody who knows somebody, <laughs> you know, who has it. And, right. I mean, eventually I'm going to know somebody who has it. And, yeah. 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 I mean, it's obviously yeah. it's going to increase. It's going to increase. Yeah. Sean Payton, I believe. Is that yeah. right, Sean Payton yes. today? Yeah. Has tested yeah. positive. Tested That's positive. correct. Yeah. And guess yeah, who? Uh, yeah, I just saw this, and uh, I'm sure Coach Kelly one night he posted. Uh, I mean, not too long ago, he was with Sean Sean Payton. And they were, they well, were and well, was Sean Payton at Oakland? Somebody said that. I don't know if that's true yes. or not. Yeah. Yes, mm, he yeah. was at Oakland. I just wow. I just glanced at it. So, so yeah. interesting. Yeah. But but again, you know, the prayer is a uh, 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 antidote comes comes along. Uh, to stop the the spread, because I think the big concern is the hospital systems and the yep. number of beds that are going to be available if this respirators, thing to all grow. those types of things. Yeah, M- masks for doctors, exactly. all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. we yeah. got to worry about the healthcare people. We got to keep those people healthy because they're the people that are going to save us. Mm-hmm. You're right, but the, you know, my prayer is, I mean, you you would you would think and you would pray that somehow we're going to be able to start practice. You know, because what? A couple of months, what? 60, 90 days from now, NFL camps should be opening, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yes. That's not going to happen. Now, why, why not coordinate this? This these X number of practices. Why not coordinate that with the start of summer school? I mean, every athlete on uh, about, scholarship yeah, that's is right. now staying, yeah. and they're going both semesters of summer school. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the earlier you could do it, the better. But maybe you open a window from June 15th to June the 30th, and that's when you can make up those practices that you may have missed in the spring. And uh, that's the only allowable window. And as you said, Trey, also allow them to use the football because they would have used the football otherwise in mm-hmm. spring drills. And that's, that's assuming that, you know, they have to go away to go ahead to get to have summer school. Yeah, oh, yeah. They, you know, that's the other thing is, yeah, <laughs> will they have summer yeah, school? A, will that be online? Right? Yeah, yeah, we we yeah. don't know because that's. But that's even a, if you're online, you're May. still technically in school. You are right. Mm-hmm. So that does that mean you can practice? Yeah, well, technically, all public schools are online right now, but they can't do athletics. No. So. Yeah, the issue is is gathering together more yes. than ten to fifty people. Correct. Yeah. That's right. And it differs right. from that each number state. today. The governor said it at ten. Yeah, yeah, you're right, Randy, because it goes state from state. The president said ten a few days ago, 
and then uh, the, it was still 50, I believe, here in Arkansas until governor mm -hmm. changed that today. So That's right. I think we're going to see more and more of that. In fact, you almost, uh, and that there was that rampant, uh, now you have to call it a rumor, that the president was going to go into a total lockdown. And um, put everybody in uh, quarantine. Yeah, mm -hmm. everybody's going to go into quarantine. But you got to go. Got to be able to go to the grocery store. I don't know how you could possibly do that. What are you going to do? Well, I think I think uh, home you know, delivery been, for everybody. There been, yeah, there would have been uh, some loopholes. Yeah. yeah. Loopholes so Italy is there now. Yeah. I think Italy and a couple of European uh, countries are there and doing that right now. And I think you're right, Randy. I think they have certain times. Where depending on your age, you you know, uh, from say ten to twelve is, or ten to three or four is, the time for this age group to go, and go mm -hmm. to the pharmacy. You, you got a central place you got to get to, but there, hopefully, there'll be some organization to it. If if well, uh, again, I was, prayers, we I don't was get reading. Um, I get Best Buy. Mm -hmm. I, I get their emails, all their mm -hmm. deals and so forth and so on, and starting immediately. Uh, they're going to limit the number of individuals who yeah. can come into their store, mm -hmm. and I'm sure that would be ten. <coughs> and for any employee that doesn't feel comfortable, ten. Uh, since that for a space that big, mm, wow! I yep. don't know about that. Some banks you can't go inside of now. Yeah. You got to do all yeah. your stuff outside right. or online. You, you go through the drive-through. That's mm -hmm. right. So that penny I get every other month is. Uh, <laughs> I can't take it into the bank hey, anymore. Hey, save it. The copper might be valuable <laughs> even if the penny's not, right? There you go. Goodness. <laughs> well, Trey, right, you know, there, there wasn't as much to talk about these days, is there? Usually, no. you're a, usually there's plenty for you, but it's getting slimmer. I'm starting to cabin fever setting in a little bit for me, I'll be honest. <laughs> <laughs> and it's yeah. raining today, so I can't uh, even get out for a walk or a run or Well, a bike it just ride. stopped, and the sun's out, so you can... You can walk. Hallelujah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, Trey, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Trey, be on sports.com. Be brought to you by Asher Record Service. Up next, Chris Turnage, our NFL guru. Call 433-1037 or toll free 1-800-477-1037. It's Drive Time Sports on the Buzz Radio Network. Time Sports into Buzz Radio Network. Now joined by our NFL guru, better known as Chris Turnage. Chris, some crazy, crazy, crazy times we're going through right now. Um, I'll start with the trade that happened on Monday that I, I still don't understand the logic. I, I know uh, what has been said by Michael Irvin according to what uh, they hopped said back to uh, to Michael Irving of what went down in that so-called conversation. Is that not one of the worst trades to go down in NFL history? I tell you, and, and it's, you know, it's highlighted by the fact that you see what, what uh, Minnesota got for Stephon Diggs um, in that scenario, and then you say, and they only got, you know, basically a second and a washed-up running back for, for DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, it's mm -hmm. – uh, it's crazy, you know, and that's where I, I think Bill O'Brien is a good coach, and he's proven that. But that's why I think there is logic and reason to having a a GM and a head coach. The GM is, you know, not supposed to be the emotional one that knows the personal players and doesn't have the issues and be able to make sound business decisions. So, 
That is a, that is a crazy, crazy trade. And I tell you, if you look at Bill O'Brien's history as GM, you know, he trades away Clowney, doesn't get much, and then agrees to pay Clowney's salary when he leaves, um, you know, for the Seahawks. Um, it's just been a been a bad run as a GM for, for O'Brien. I did see something funny that uh, Pittsburgh fan said they wanted to try to get all three Watt brothers there, and if you offered a, a roll of toilet paper and hand sanitizer, you'd probably <laughs> trade the J.J. Watt. So I, uh, I saw that and laughed. Are Very you good. surprised at the number, uh, not number, at some of the destinations some of these players have gone in free agency, and I'll start with Tom Brady, obviously, to Tampa Bay? You know, I mean, surprised uh, maybe a week ago, but um, we started hearing some rumblings and and uh, that, that that was a good destination, that, you know, Bruce Arians has worked with Ben Roethlisberger as a quarterback coach when he was in his prime, Peyton Manning in Indianapolis. Um, and obviously what he did with Kurt Warner and, you know, Bruce Arians is kind of the antithesis of Bill Belichick with a, a fun-loving, just chill, laid-back style. And I think Tom Brady kind of wanted that. So, uh, you know, I'm not extremely surprised, honestly, you know, given what I've been hearing recently and that they weren't really talking at all of them and the Patriots. So not extremely surprised, but a little bit. All right, I've got, a, I've got Navy Mike. He's got some questions about his beloved Carolina Panthers. Mike, good afternoon. You're on the line with Chris Turnage. <clears throat> Hello, guys, uh, gentlemen. Uh, yeah, I, I have a couple quick questions for you, uh, Chris. But, um, you know, Randy, real quick, you, you uh, and Rick were talking about uh, grocery stores, you know, with everybody uh, mobbing the grocery stores and panic buying. That, that's where you're going to get it, you know. And it's not, it's not from the shopping cart where you can wipe the shopping cart and handle How many people handle that box of cereal that you just bought? <laughs> you know, pick it up and sat it down and moved it out of the way. I mean, it's almost like you have to wipe down everything you buy, too, you know. But Good point. Uh, crazy times. Uh, uh, Chris, uh, the Panthers are doing a lot of uh, – they're, they're dumping a lot of contracts. They're, you know, freeing up a lot of cash space. That's obvious what they're doing. And But they just they signed a couple of these uh, receivers that I, I have no idea who they are. I think maybe one from, from the Saints and – Maybe Joe Brady works with one of them, or, or maybe even both. Um, just, I'm gonna get your thoughts on on, on your, you know, the moves they're making, because it, it looks like a, it just doesn't make any sense to me so far. Um, not a fan of Bridgewater uh, signing, and uh, where do you think maybe Kansas is gonna end up? Uh, and I was thinking maybe Miami or Jacksonville, those guys in quarterback. So I'll get your thoughts on that, your comments, and, and uh, I'll handle it. Thanks for having me. Thank yeah, you, absolutely. You know, the one thing I would say is, is Carolina is a, is a building project right now, but I, I think you've probably got the best architect around. Look who, you know, changed Temple and Baylor around, who are both horrible programs. So uh, I think, you know, Matt Rule is, is doing a great job, knows what he's doing there. Um, you know, regarding some of the receivers, I think that's more of a comfortability factor. Um, they're not the, they're not the, you know, the big headline receivers of DeAndre Hopkins or, or Stefan Diggs, but I think they fit what they're trying to do um, there in Carolina and, you know, made a decision early that, hey, let's go ahead and tell Cam to seek a trade. Um, Cam was very adamant that he didn't ask for that, that the, the Carolina was kind of forcing that issue. And if they don't get a trade partner, you know, they are going to release him. Uh, but I, I do think uh, Jacksonville could be an interesting destination for him. Uh, I'm hearing, you know, some rumblings that um, you might see a team like uh, like Arizona try to get him as a, as a backup. Um, to compete with, you know, not necessarily compete, but to be kind of Kyler Murray's backup and mentor. I don't know if Cam would go for that or not. Um, so, I, so to answer your question, I think a few more dominoes have to fall 
uh, to see where Cam goes. It wouldn't shock me if he's in Washington, you know, reunite back with yeah, Rivera, who had a ton of success. Chris, that makes a lot of sense to me, and I just hadn't heard very many people talk of of it, but I, I can't imagine Washington not being interested in in uh, Newton. Uh, but here's the thing: they've they declared they're going. They're, they're declared that uh, that uh, they when they signed Bridgewater. I mean, he's not a trade. No, who who in the right mind would trade for him? Um, because they know that that you know eventually Carolina's probably going to have to cut him. So, um, so who who wants to trade for him? For, so for Cam, he's just going to wait this out until Carolina decides to uh, to cut him. Would would that not be the case, Chris? Am I am I wrong? No, I think I think you're right there. I think what you know, this is kind of the game that that now people get into, where if Carolina can leak to their media sources that they have some interest. And basically, what they're trying to do is, okay. is get a team that says, "Hey, I want to. I don't want to have to fight for him out in the open market. You know, I want to be able to sure to get him. And so we'll throw you a six-round pick, and then Carolina probably says, "All right, done. We'll take it. Um, you know, before they can get off the phone." So now, now, would market. you be one of those? Uh, if you were representing Cam, would, would you be one of those uh, sources leaking some? <laughs> <laughs> well, if I was representing him, I'd want him to be free, so we could go where we wanted to go. You All know, right. unless unless That's we had true. that destination worked out. If I was making the call to the team and we had a deal that said. You know, a place we like, then gotcha. absolutely. Then I'll be floating that out there to say, "Hey, <laughs> you got to get this trade done so we can we can come there." You know, so it really all depends on which side of the coin that uh, if you got a good spot. Then yeah, if not, then, then I'd be floating it the other way to come for you. You know. Mm-hmm. Well, you're talking about what on paper appears to be a bonehead deal, and that is the deal that uh, where Chicago trades for Nick Foles. Oh wow, that makes no sense at all. Me either, Randy. I agree. Yeah, that is uh, that that that's a tough trade, especially when you look at, you know, you've had the head coach and the GM in Chicago come out and repeatedly say Mitch Trubisky's their guy, and kind of <laughs> double down on that, and yeah. then you make that trade. Uh, but it also underscores, I think, the bad deal that Jacksonville did for Nick Foles just mm-hmm. a year ago. You know, um, mm-hmm. that kind of guaranteed money. But yeah, that is a that is a kind of a, a weird deal, and and to me, you know. I, you know, Nick Foles, I think, is probably a little better than Trubisky, but it's not like you're making a huge upgrade. Now you're yeah. going to have, you know, two pretty high salaries at that spot. That, that was. Well, we that may have been as dumb as the Houston move, uh, <laughs> Randy. Yeah, well, especially from a cap hit and the whole nine yards. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the, that's the part that's hard to swallow is all the cap money he's got going there. Let's talk to Peanut. Peanut, good afternoon. You're on the line with Chris Turnage, our NFL guru. How you doing this evening, Mr. Turnage? Doing well, doing well. Okay, my, my question is, when a team uses the term cut, release, and waive, what is the difference? So a lot of times those are used interchangeably and, and synonymously. That a lot of times they can mean the same. Now, if you're a vested veteran, then you don't have to go through waivers, so you're not waived. You can go immediately to a new team. Um, the majority of the league year, the majority of the time. So if you have, you know, five or more crude seasons and you get cut, then you can immediately go sign somewhere else. Whereas if you're not that, then you're waived, which means you got to go through the waiver process and the worst team has a choice to claim you first and those type of things. So they are used interchangeably by a lot of people and a lot of even media, but there is that difference depending on, you know, your, your position as a veteran or not. And release means oh. you you not you maybe you didn't have a contract at all or is that yeah I mean it can be and again a lot of times they use release the same time that they're just releasing that contract okay. um, 
you know, or that's not necessarily renewing that contract potentially. So again, sometimes the, those terms are used interchangeably. But yeah, that's 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 essentially it, Marcus. I think Thank I had all that. those things happen to me. And also, <laughs> <laughs> all of the above, huh? Yeah. Well, see, you should have had Chris on your side back then. There you go. You wouldn't have had. Right. I don't know if even Chris could have helped me. <laughs> You'd still be playing, Marcus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. Uh, I looked at you, Rick. Uh, uh, <laughs> well, he in said there. you'd still be playing. Now, come on, Marcus. Uh, yeah, that wouldn't. But be you still disagree too quick, Rick Schaefer. Okay. <laughs> thirty thirty years after his college career is over, Marcus would still be playing if Mar- if Chris was his agent, right? Hey, Rick, don't <laughs> underestimate the power of a good agent. Now. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, Marcus would be older then than Tom Brady is now, so I don't know if that's going to work. Yeah. <laughs> What is the word on Todd Gurley? Is he basically damaged goods? Is this a situation? I mean, they, they saved, Los Angeles saved a ton of money today by letting him go before the 4 o'clock Eastern deadline. But um, nevertheless, is he done? I don't think he's done. You know, you're going to see a team pick him up, but I think he's definitely damaged goods. I mean, everybody's concerned about that knee injury and um, – you know, it's funny, the Rams kept swearing, no, he's good, nothing's wrong with him, he, everything's fine, and then they can come try to trade him and then release him, so that tells you what they think of it. Boom. All right, hang on, Chris, we got to take a break. Drive Time Sports will continue in a moment. You've got Drive Time Sports locked in on the Buzz Radio Network. Here is Randy Rainwater. Drive Time Sports on the Buzz Radio Network, joined again by our NFL guru, better known as Chris Turnage. Uh, you may have heard the commercial a few moments ago by uh, starting concerning the NFL and the and the um, and the cap. I didn't realize the cap had been set. Has it been set already, Chris? It has. Yes, it has. It's uh, hundred and roughly hundred ninety-eight million dollars. Um, Ooh, which is how much more than last year? It's about about ten million more than last year, so it's gone up mm-hmm. uh, double digits a lot. Now, this percentage wise, it didn't go up as much this year as it did the year before, but it's gone up double digits the last six years. All right, a lot was written, a lot was said, and the vote came back positive, not by a large margin. It was rather stunning that over five hundred players didn't vote on the new. Uh, collective bargaining agreement. In your opinion, Chris, who was the winner in this deal? The owners or the players, or neither? You know, I mean, ultimately, I think when you know when my players asked me, we went through a lot of the, the ins and outs, and ultimately, I felt like at the time, it's, it's a good deal for the majority of the players. Uh, you got to understand what's really hard on something like this is you've got players in different socioeconomic standards. Oh, they're both making a lot of money. All of them make a lot of money, but you got guys. You know, making thirty million a year versus guys making six hundred thousand a year. So, in turn, they have a lot of different interests um, that come up. So, you know, the CBA it gives minimum salaries. There's immediate increase of about a hundred thousand dollars on minimum salary guys, um, which is significant for you know seventy percent of the league. Um, you know, you do have obviously the, the revenue share goes up to forty eight percent minimum guaranteed, uh, with a chance to go up to forty eight and a half, forty eight and three quarters which I do feel like, you know, is a victory. You've seen some players come out and say, oh, we, we should have had 50-50. problem is going from 47 to 50-50 is a big jump. 
Um, this this point and a half increase represents five billion dollars to the players, shifting Goodness. over to the players. Five um, billion dollars. Hey, let's so, stop right there because billion is is getting tossed around like million used to. Mm-hmm. A exactly. billion is a thousand million, and that's five of them. So that's that's a huge increase. Okay, go ahead. So so to get all that from forty seven to fifty is, is a big big jump. The other thing that you know nobody's talking about, the media aren't really honing in on is. There's a thing called the funding rule. You know, back 30 years ago when the NFL did guaranteed contracts, the league would make those owners put any guarantee on deposit with the league. So that way that, that guarantee was truly guaranteed and the owners went bankrupt or whatever. Um, the problem is is now all of these owners are extremely wealthy, but they use that against us in negotiating. It's, oh, we would do a guarantee, but, you know, our owner doesn't want to take it out of the stock market and put it on deposit with the league. Um and so we, we get that constantly used against us in negotiations. Mm-hmm. So in this CBA, now there's a $15 million exemption per contract um, for the funding rule. So that's going to help, in turn, agents get more guaranteed money for players because they can't use that at least up to $15 billion, I mean $15 million, sorry, to, to be able to say, hey, we don't want to take that out of the market. So that's another mechanism that helps. Um, you know, again, a lot of the players, when the players union went around, they said, hey, we want we want weed penalties cut out. We want marijuana penalties cut out. Now, that's not a big deal for some players, but a lot of the players said that, and they got that. They got what they wanted um, in that regard. So, ultimately, I think it's, it's a good deal. I think it's especially given the circumstances um, and the uncertainties, I think it's a good deal. And I, I think, you know, the players, could they have gotten a little bit more here or there? Yeah, maybe, but it's always easy to sit back and, and you know, second-guess and Monday morning quarterback any decision when you weren't in negotiation you know, to be able to do that. So I, I, ultimately I think it's a good deal, and I think the players can live with it and be happy with it. Chris, today there was a story saying that some NFL owners, uh, because that travel ban is on, that they're not going to be able to get the physicals to complete uh, the process. And meantime, some NFL owners are riding into the contracts that – if you end up with the coronavirus, then that can uh, negate your bonus money. That doesn't seem to be right. <laughs> There's been a lot of discussion around that. We've had a couple free agents, um, one deal that we already got done, and, and so the NFLPA is sending out suggested language. And teams, In fact, that's what's holding up the actual Tom Brady and Tampa Bay deal is the, the physical language trying to determine um, what exactly to put in there. So. Kind of what we've been trying to do and what the NFLBA, NFLPA has been trying to suggest is, okay, we can go get a physical wherever we want. You pay for it, team, you know, and that will either accept as pass or if not, if we fail a physical, you know, it doesn't just negate the signing bonus. It makes us become a free agent again and we can go shop. Um, the problem is the timing. You know, if that happens two months from now, there's not as much money out in the market if you become a free agent again, and that makes it a much more difficult deal. So. Randy, that is a that is a topic that is very very yeah. sensitive and a hot button right now. Because I thought I uh, most contracts were you know valid pending um, passing uh, physical. They are. You're exactly right, Mark. The mm-hmm. problem is though, is most of the time they'll fly the guy in right then, mm-hmm. take his physical, and say, "All right, we're good," and then boom, that contract is good. So you're exactly right. Almost all contracts are contingent on passing a physical. It's just the timing aspect of it. Normally, you know, like we had a, we had a free agent with Baltimore. Normally, Baltimore would fly him in that day, do his physical, and say, mm-hmm. "Boom, our contract's ready to go," and then proceed forward. So mm-hmm. that's the that's the holdup now. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk with uh, Hound Dog. 
Hound Dog, good afternoon. You're on the line with Chris Turnage, our NFL guru. How you doing, sir? Doing great. How about you? Uh, is Rick there with you? Yes, I am. And, you know, I love your song, Hound Dog. It's been a while. Elvis sang it a <laughs> it long time ago. <laughs> it has. Oh, that's right. right. Well, let me yeah. tell you something. What? The first thing I want to tell you, and then we'll talk of radio, but the number one thing is God's still on the throne. That's correct. Number two is that he will never put more on your shoulders than you can bear. Number three, believe, have faith. Have faith. And that's it. That's very That's simple. true. But, but you know what? I'll take number two and say he doesn't put anything on your shoulders you can't bear without his help. Because there are I, things that we can't bear without his help, that's for sure. Yes, sir. We can. Anyway, all right. God bless the USA and every country in the, that, it, that is here on the earth. Because I can't name them all. That would take a while. You know, uh, we may get to the point on Drive Time Sports we need to do that because it will take up quite a bit of time to name all the countries. (laughs) (laughs) Now, we don't want to waste – but hold on, Hound Dog. We don't want to waste Chris' time with this. If you've got an NFL question, bring it up quick. All right. How about uh, where is Tom going to stop? Tom Brady and – I know you went to Broncos. How long do y'all think Broncos? he's going to be there? I think Not he's going to sign with the Eagles. I don't Buccaneers, think he'll be there today. Buccaneers. <laughs> yeah, Buccaneers. <laughs> Thank you, Hound Dog. Yeah, is there any speculation on how long the contract is, Chris? Yeah, I think it's going to be a two-year two-year deal, $30 two million, uh, per year okay. is, what, is what I'm hearing. I see. I thought Very he was going to sign with the University of Arkansas to play football. <laughs> <really>. <laughs> Chris, as always, a pleasure. We'll talk with you next week. That's Chris Turnage, our NFL guru, hour number three, straight ahead.